What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Personal Growth Podcast, Time to Grind. Here we discuss how to be the best version of ourselves every single day. I am your host, Kim Wynn, and I'm no expert, but I bring you tools and practices that I've used to transform my own life and guests who can bring their own wisdom and new perspectives your way. Changing your life and healing is completely up to you. I'm just here to spark your imagination and give you new ideas. If you want to do the work, you've got to get out there and grind. Let's do it together. This episode of Time to Grind is sponsored by Strong and Shredded. Okay, listen, you guys, you all know that I have struggled a lot with dieting and nutrition. I started out not knowing what I was doing with my own nutrition and dieting journey, and I made so many mistakes. And then I met Tyler Newton. What I love about Tyler and the coaches over at Strong and Shredded is it's not some one-sized-fits-all program. They work with you based on what your goals are and what you want to do. So whether that's 75 hard, bulking, keto, or whatever diet you're choosing, or if you're like me and you've moved to intuitive eating and kind of being anti-dieting, Tyler and the team will support you through your goals. I would not be where I am today without his help. You'll not only get help with fitness and nutrition, but you get support for things like your mindset and routines. It's so much more than getting fit. So if you want to join me and so many other listeners in transforming your life with the coaching at Strong and Shredded, reach out to Tyler today to set up a free consultation call. Mention the code KIMPOSSIBLE. (laughs) Tyler picked that code out, so that just shows you what a fun guy he is. Mention the code KIMPOSSIBLE and you'll score a great deal on coaching and be part of an amazing community alongside me and so many other Time to Grind members. The link is in the show notes. And don't forget, Kim Possible. I think I just found my next Halloween costume. Back to the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I have probably one of your favorite guests here with me today. So Tyler Newton, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Glad to be back as always. So I invited Tyler on because I've had a topic on my mind for a little while, which is fasting. We're going to talk about fasting today. And it was so hilarious because when I told Tyler, I want to do an episode on fasting, he's like, hey, wouldn't it be a great idea if we fasted? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is gonna and be I'm an like, even better story and i'm like would it though i don't know i don't <laughs> think i don't think i really want to do that but i i did for we're going to talk about that later uh i only did it for a day not a whole 24 hour fast but i did like a a 16 8 is that what it is yeah i had like an eight 16, hour eating eight. window yeah yep okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that. But um, (laughs) before we get into all of that, so I kind of want to just talk about like what fasting is for anyone who doesn't know. So you're basically restricting your uh, eating window. Now that varies. There's so many different types of fasting. There's intermittent fasting. And within intermittent fasting, 
There are a different number of like fasting windows you can have. There's like 16 eights. Yeah, I mean, you, with you intermittent <laughs> fasting, it's kind of a 16 8 is the most popular. You have a 12 and 12 that some people that are trying to start getting into it, you have 12 and 12. Um, then you have some people that will do 14, 10, and then you have some people that will try to do like 20 and then four. So people, I think, just kind of make up their own rules when it comes to fasting. And they're just kind of like, hey, uh, I'll just keep stretching it out. But but yeah, 16 to 8 is the most popular. Here's the thing. We're going to talk about benefits to fasting because there are benefits to fasting. And we're going to talk about side effects and possible downsides, too. But I want to talk about, I think, why people primarily do intermittent fasting, which is weight loss. And this is such an interesting way to me to lose weight. So if you have listened to Tyler or any podcast that I've had Tyler on, you will know that the only way to truly lose weight, and Tyler can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've I've sort of side-educated myself just being on podcasts with him enough, is to be in a caloric deficit. So you need to be burning more calories than you're consuming to lose weight, correct? Yeah, pretty much uh, this is where okay. the old adage of calories in, calories out comes in. So if, you're, if your body sees how much you're eating uh, as a deficit, you will lose weight. And if it sees that your body is taking in more than it is burning, you will be in a caloric surplus. And that is where we gain weight. Basically, when somebody's eating, and we're just going to take the 16 eights because it's the most popular. It's what I yep. did. Um, and it's what I see most people doing. And so when we take a 16 eight window, essentially what that person is doing is cutting out a meal, typically breakfast. Most people don't eat until around noon. And before noon, so from when you wake up until around noon, you can still have water. You can still have black coffee. That's it, right? Water, black coffee? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, Pretty much so can't have anything. I mean, I, th I think people say like up to like 30 calories, but really you're, you're not supposed to have any calories. So. Okay. So water, black coffee, right? Which is why I don't like to fast. I, I can't drink black coffee. And um, we're not going to talk about that. Or we will talk about actually the headache that I had because I did not have coffee uh, mm -hmm. in the morning. That was quite uh, an eye opener for me, actually. Really what it's doing is cutting out that one meal. And so is that just putting people in? a caloric deficit for cutting out a meal for the most part yes um are we are we trying to go into the pros first and then the cons or are well, we no, just trying i, I, I kind of want to know just like why people use it as a weight loss tool like how is it yeah. creating weight loss is it just that cutting out the meal yeah so you have to think about it this way right like if we if we keep those super simple by the way and if anybody listens to to me on my podcast or the other podcast that i've done with kim like I really try to break everything down in like the most simple way possible and not to get too technical. So the way that most people end up losing weight while doing intermittent fasting from a very basic standpoint is when you cut out that extra meal and you have a smaller eating window, you typically are going to be more satiated, meaning you're not going to want to eat as much. So therefore, what do you think will happen? If you're going to only have food within an eight hour window and not spread out across your whole entire day, 
you're going to end up actually taking in less calories, thus creating a caloric deficit. So that is where, in the simplest form, intermittent fasting really helps people in losing weight. It helps you basically restrict how much you're eating, so therefore you create a caloric deficit. Um, and, and one of the other rules of like intermittent fasting is, you know, you don't have to track calories. It's just eat inside the eight hour window and then you're fine. Fast the rest of the time. So it makes it really simple for a lot of people to follow because they're like, oh, I can pretty much eat whatever as long as I'm within this window. And technically that's true, but I don't really like that side of it because I still think that what you're eating, no matter what diet you follow matters, like everything matters. There's like what you're putting in your body. So you know, if you're if you're fasting all day long and eating like crap, I mean, who's to say you're probably going to lose weight? <laughs> so, well, so, you be so careful. Then I guess my question is, and before I a- ask my question, actually, why am I so ridiculous? And I didn't even like introduce you. What if someone's like listening for the first time? I just, <laughs> I just, just <laughs> we just assume people know by now. What, what is I this episode assume- five or six that we've done together? I, I just, well, I mean, what if someone's like, I'm just going to listen to this new episode and I'm not going to go all the way back. Um, and, you know, what's funny is people, a lot of people start at the beginning and then I hit like a point and they're like, what happened to that one guy? And I'm like, ah. And, you and want so, me to introduce myself real quick? I, I can do it. <laughs> I mean, you can. I was going to hype you up with a little thing and be like. This is Tyler Newton, guys. Okay. He is, um, well, you can give all your accolades. Go ahead. I don't have that many, but I'll let you go first. I, I always like a good uh, a good hype hype session. So, Well, I don't know your actual, because I don't have the thing in front of me. You're a, you're a, you're a <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're a N-A-S-M. Is it, is it, are those the? NASM. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Level one. Uh, so just, right? I'm a certified personal trainer through certified now. personal trainer and yep. uh, nutrition coach. Yep. And uh, he is Level the host. Two nutrition coach through NCI. Oh, there you go. Okay. See that I missed that part. Uh, yeah. Uh, I got to plug he, NCI in there. Okay. Those are my friends. He, he is the host of the plus one mentality podcast, which is fabulous. Go listen to it. I've been on it. So you can check me out over there too. He runs the strong and shredded community. We love the strong and shredded community. So go join the Facebook group there. Check it out. Tyler and Gavin are wonderful over there. And now that you guys actually know who Tyler is, uh, <laughs> my my, um, my question is, you know, if, if we're saying people eat whatever they want, right, within this eight-hour window, but let's even just say they're eating healthy, okay? Yeah. Is it possible to not lose? What if, like, uh, some variables exist? What if they're not? burning as many calories as they need to what if they're not eating enough and and get and hit like a plateau because that happened to me right i wasn't eating enough and i i wasn't getting the results that i wanted because i wasn't eating enough so if they're not tracking anything which i don't believe you need to track to lose weight but like um if they're not tracking anything how do we know that this is working especially if they're just eating whatever they want well, I mean, there's obviously a couple of ways that you can figure out whether it's working or not, right? If, if you're losing weight, it's working because you're putting yourself in a caloric deficit. If you're not losing weight, then obviously your body does not see that it is in a caloric deficit. Um, and, and a lot of people, this is where we, we start talking about like metabolic adaptation. And we talk about people that have been chronic dieters. 
So, you know, now they're going to go do fasting and what are they doing? They're shrinking how much they're eating again, or they're able to add a new system that usually promotes weight loss at first until a certain point, because most of the time when we start new diets, we see quick results at first, but then they start to plateau and stall. So this is where people have to understand when you're looking at your nutrition, if you don't take your nutrition with the same approach as you would your exercise routine, where, you know, for me, I, I mainly coach people on training and your resistance training. So we change programs every four to six weeks, typically with our resistance training. Well, I'm not saying that you should switch your nutrition every four to six weeks, but you still have to understand periodization inside of your nutrition and what you're trying to do. So what we like to tell most people is, you know, there's basically three phases that you want to go through, right? In our system, we call it, you know, metabolic strengthening. Uh, then we call it a metabolic shred and then lifestyle gains, right? That That's our sexy way of basically saying we're going to be able to help you eat more calories um, to boost your metabolism. And then we're going to teach you how to lose weight. So we'll take you into a caloric deficit. And then we will teach you how to live with your new weight loss or fat loss. So, and, and we can get very technical within all of this stuff. And so I, I don't want to get too far off track because I'm an over explainer. And then I want to go into the whole breakdown of, uh, of all of those things that I just mentioned. But, you know, essentially that's what we're trying to do. And so we need to make it all make sense, right? And with intermittent fasting, you can still do all of those things within intermittent fasting, but you do have to track somewhat. And, and I think that's the problem that a lot of people have is you can do both. You can track your calories and you can do intermittent fasting. And that's perfectly okay because at least you'll know where you are inside of that system of knowing whether or not you're dieting for weight loss, if you're at maintenance, uh, or if you need to actually be in a surplus, if you want to you know, gain muscle. So it's very important that we understand how much we take in so that we can figure out where we need to be and where we need to be. Um, I'm not saying people should track for the rest of their life. I think you should actually take breaks from tracking at times because I think that's very healthy. You know, I right now, um, you know, I'm not really tracking a whole lot, but, you know, to call myself out, I am such a creature of habit. I did not fast like I said I was going to uh, yesterday and today, mainly because I wake up and I always cook my wife breakfast, but I cook both of our breakfasts at the same time. So I'm right. so habitual that. I cooked both of our breakfasts yesterday and today and did not actually do the fasting like I said I would with you. And I apologize for That's leaving okay. you out to dry. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think it was probably more important for me to do the fasting because yep. because I'm going to talk about it in a little while as it relates to eating disorders and disordered eating. Um, yes. Which is why it's been on my mind a lot. It's um, something that like I talked a lot about dieting with my therapist and things like that. So we will get into that yeah. first. We're going to talk about, and you guys keep an open mind. Okay. So we're going to talk about good things about it. And we're going to talk about bad things about it. I am not saying this is like not the way for you or it is the way for you. Neither of us are doctors. I'm just telling you what I've researched on the internet, what I've talked about in therapy, um, as far as disordered eating and things like that. And what Tyler knows as a nutrition coach, obviously. Yeah. We're going to talk about some benefits of intermittent fasting. 
Now I'm going to kind of like break down the body a little bit. We're going to start at the brain. I have listed improves sleep and mood, and I'm actually going to debunk the sleep part in a later in the, in the downsides of this. And I'll tell you why then reduces Alzheimer's risk, increases focus and energy for skin. It can reduce acne and reduce inflammation for your heart. It can lower your blood pressure. Pancreas can uh, help with insulin sensitivity and reduce blood sugar. Your gut, it can reduce reflux, reduce GI inflammation. Your reproductive system, it can reduce PCOS and improve fertility. Uh, For your immunity, it can reduce the risk of cancer and increase stem cells. For your bones, it can reduce inflammation and pain. And for your muscle, it can also reduce pain. So, a lot of that has to do with reducing inflammation. Now, these are all, I have I have no science behind this beyond the fact that I found this on a medical website and um, this is what they're telling me the benefits are. Do yeah, you? I mean, I, I think you can also add into like some of the benefits that it, it helps is, you know, glucose control, longevity has been associated with that unrestricted eating, I guess you could throw in there as a pro because you're not really supposed to like count calories or, you know, there's no macronutrient um, restriction or limitations. Um, And it's pretty easy to follow in a sense, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You don't eat for a long period of time and then you eat within a certain window and then go from there. So, you know, there's some very basic pros to that as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to kind of have a a well-rounded picture of some of the benefits. I also think lifestyle plays a role in this, by the way. Sorry, a, another pro no, that ahead. just came came to mind is just, you have to kind of look at your lifestyle with trying to decide is intermittent fasting like good for you as a diet approach? Because I think what a lot of people do naturally that don't like breakfast, they intermittent fast without even maybe knowing that they're intermittent fasting right? They're just like, hey, I don't really like breakfast. Do I have to eat breakfast? And my first approach is always no, I just want you to eat enough calories to support what you're doing. So at the end of the day, if you're eating enough calories to support what you're doing, you can skip breakfast. And and I'm not against that. But if you have trouble getting in enough calories in your day, then I don't know if intermittent fasting is a good choice for you for a diet. So um, I just want to throw that out there real quick. As far as like people, when you start thinking about like, hey, like, is it a diet for me or not? Like that's one of the pros and cons you have to look at first. So I was going to cover that and and we'll actually lead into the disordered eating part with this. There was a time where you increased my calories. Um, I was like around 2300, I think, yep. um, which is a lot for me. Like if I was counting right now, which I'm not, I'd be somewhere around 1800. And I don't have the opportunity to eat a lot while I'm at work. And so my, although I do snack, like I do, I'll have a protein bar. I have coffee. um, I try and have like a piece of fruit, things like that. But my eating window was like intentionally smaller and I had an increased amount of calories And it was too much for me to handle in like I get off work around 10 a.m. and I sleep around 6 p.m. It was too much for me to handle within that time window for sure. Like 
I had to try and find ways to like eat while I was like in between stops at work. And like, how was I gonna, it, it just wasn't good for me. So I can't imagine like if I take my boyfriend's calories and tried to stick it in an eight hour window, I don't even know how he would do that. Um, Cause he's closer to 3000 calories. There's, uh, there's times where he's been uh, above 3000 calories and I don't even know how somebody would squeeze all of that into an eight hour window without feeling insanely full. Um, that's just me. Uh, but so when I did that, and here's where I'm going to get into disordered eating. Like when I did that, when I was trying to hit my calories and I had that smaller eating window, it felt very close to binge eating for me. Um, I was having to eat almost like four meals and, and that fourth meal, I was not even hungry anymore. Like, and I, it was mentally tough for me. Um, anyone who's listened to my episode on disorder, my journey through disordered eating knows that I am, um, a binge eater. I like to say that I'm now a recovering binge eater. It's, it's a very fine line for me. And on top of that, so I fasted, (laughs) I did an eight hour window the other day. I happened to do it. I was going to do it on a day off. I was like, I'll do it on a day off. And then I'm like, no, 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 because I'm not taking away my coffee. I enjoy on my day off. It's, I love my day off morning routine. So I was like, I'm going to do it on a day I work. So I took my water with me to work um, and didn't take coffee with me, which was really weird. And my headache, first of all, by late morning was awful. Like I awful. And I even got a coffee. Like once my window was open, I drove right through Starbucks and I was like, I need a coffee right now. Like, and and it didn't help. I had to take Motrin and a nap. And it was just, I realized that day how fierce my caffeine addiction is. Um, Uh, that does not mean I'm stopping it, but it's, it's, (laughs) I, I was very aware of it, but I was hungry. I was really hungry. Even though I don't eat a lot while I'm at work, I usually eat a piece of fruit on the way to work. I usually have like a protein bar, like mid shift somewhere. Uh, So I snack a little bit throughout the day and or the night rather i also have a very long day so and my yeah. job's very physical and so to not eat or have coffee during my very physical job was super difficult for me you know it was interesting when i'm when i t- had talked to my therapist about disordered eating and you know dieting and yo-yo dieting and fad dieting and what's dangerous and what's not you know, eventually I'll try and count again. I'm not there yet. But like, I feel like for me, for anyone out there who has had an eating disorder or disordered eating, and disordered eating can look like a lot of different things, you guys. I posted something today on my Instagram story, and I had quite a few messages about it that were like, this is disordered eating. What? But yes, when you're doing things like punishing yourself for what you eat by going to the gym for an extra workout, 
you know, when you're punishing yourself for taking a day of rest, when you're, I mean, there's a lot of things that are very disordered about eating and working out. So for me, for anyone who has issues, if you're a binge eater, if you're um, bulimic, if you're any, any of these things, it is not good to restrict this way. It's really not like anyone who has disordered eating, the most important thing you have to learn to do is listen to like, you have to listen to your hunger cues. You have to listen to your body when you're hungry and when you're full. And like, that is the number one thing in like for binge eating, especially. And for me to not eat when I was hungry was difficult for me now. Yeah. I I did not like the feeling of it at all. And so I, I kind of realized when I fasted, like how disordered it really is to not feed yourself when you're hungry. Now, if you are one of those people, like you mentioned, that isn't a breakfast eater. My daughter's very much like that. She's never hungry until like lunchtime. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Like she loves breakfast burritos and I could be like, I'm gonna bring home breakfast burritos and she'll say she's <laughs> not hungry. Um, no, bring me that breakfast burrito. I'll, I'll eat <laughs> Right. I mean, come on. I mean, I think for those people, it probably doesn't affect them the way like it affects me where like I'm hungry. I need to eat. Well, this is where we have to look at the individual approach, right? I mean, th- this is once again what I, I try to preach about a lot of times, which is we we can't put everybody in the same category and we can't have everybody trying the same things and claiming that it's superior to something else. You know, intermittent fasting can definitely work for a lot of people that aren't breakfast people. If you like to wake up, you don't really want to have a big breakfast and you're one of those people that you want to wake up have a cup of coffee and then get straight into work. And you don't want to have the break of having breakfast because you feel better without breakfast in the morning. And that's, that's a pro for you. Then by all means, like go for it. Like nobody is saying that that is necessarily wrong where I think we get this wrong with intermittent fasting is it can't work for everybody. And we can't claim that it's superior to other diets. This is where I'm a big believer in all diets can be great depending upon the person. For you, the type of person that has struggled with binge eating, this might feel somewhat like a binge session. And that for you means it will not work. So therefore, we have to take the approach of, okay, what does work better for you? Is it smaller meals throughout the day that work better for you? And if it is, and that is your diet that you now can say, this is what works best for me, but we can't push that that might work for your daughter because your daughter is not a breakfast person. So we should say, okay, maybe intermittent fasting is the way to go for your daughter. And she's able to now find what works for her. And she can carry that on for a long period of time because it's sustainable for her. And now she's able to say, okay, I understand. I don't like breakfast, but we then have to educate her on, Hey, you still need to be able to eat this much in order to operate optimally for what you're doing. So if she's playing sports or she has a very active lifestyle, then, hey, that's fine. Skip breakfast, but you still need to be eating, say, 1,800 calories. And I'm just throwing out a random number here, but just throwing, throwing one out for the sake of it. So we would say, hey, like, you know, that's cool. Don't eat breakfast, but let's come back and see how you can fit 1,800 calories into your day 
uh, and be sustainable doing that. And, and I think that's the approach we all need to start looking at inside of when we go to say, hey, I'm going to try this diet or that diet. We first need to know what is our total daily energy expenditure and like what is our maintenance calories and then go from there to figure out where you need to go and then how you get there. And, and this is why I'm a big proponent of, you know, we need to understand the educational side and not just understand the dieting side because we all want the structure of a diet and put that as like, oh, well, it works for me. So it's got to work for everybody. It's superior because it did work for me and you had success. And it's not. That is not the way dieting should be broken down. Science says calorie deficit, maintenance, surplus. Like that's kind of the only three phases we really are in. And that's what's always going to be the science. And what I think is superior to any type of diet you then want to structure, whether it's keto, paleo, Mediterranean, Whole30, intermittent fasting, macros, all of those can still fit into the science of how much you need to eat um, to support your goals of weight right. loss, maintenance, or surplus. And I keep saying that over and over again, because I hope by the end of this, you guys all understand, we need to know those three things. And then you can structure your diet around that, the way it works better for you. That's the simplest approach. I wish this was so not a thing where like everyone thought their diet was the diet. And like, <laughs> oh, you should eat this way. Like, we're all so, so different, right? Because these people, you you could be, and I'm just, I'm just giving you guys this as like a, a thing, right? Like, because if you're, if you hop in comments and and preach to me that I should intermittent fast. You have no idea what my eating history is. I did this a day and it was very dangerous for me. What you said was very accurate in the sense that like it felt like a binge for me. I felt like I wasn't feeding myself first of all when I was hungry. And then when my eating window opened, I literally wanted to eat everything in sight because I was starving. I felt, I felt, I say starving like so dramatically, but I was really hungry and like I, so I wanted like a huge meal. I wanted something like really, really big. And I, I probably ate and overfilled myself. And I, I was very aware of that. I'm like, okay, I know I'm probably, I hit a point where I was like, I think I'm maybe full and eating more than I should. Like I got to stop. And so I didn't like one. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off there. I thought thought you were pausing, so I was like, oh, I can jump in. Um, But, you know, that's the number one thing that I think a lot of people who skip meals don't understand is where they actually go wrong in their dieting is. And when I say dieting, I just mean you're like habitual eating. Okay, so when I use the term dieting, I'm not talking about like how you like to eat. I'm talking about what you do on a regular basis inside of your day and how you eat there. And so number one thing I see with a lot of people is exactly what you just said. And you said you were so hungry that you just wanted to eat some huge meal because what happens, our stomach is a lot bigger and our brain is a lot bigger in that moment because you are so hungry. So you want to eat things that are less healthy because you know it's going to make you feel full and satiated instead of something that would be more nutrient dense, like say just chicken and sweet potatoes or chicken and rice and broccoli, right? Like that doesn't sound nearly as good because you're thinking to yourself like, oh, this isn't really going to fill me up. So your brain is thinking like, oh, my God, let me go eat, you know, um, pad thai or tacos or pizza, donuts. Like, you know, your brain gets all these things going inside of its head. That's like, just give me all of it. Like, I don't even care. Like, I just feel ravenous right now. And then you want to grab and eat whatever is in sight. 
And so that's the problem. Like people that skip lunch is the same way. They'll have breakfast. They'll be working, get so caught up in their work that they actually don't take a lunch break. They, they grab a little snack here or there. They're habitual snackers. And then they get home for dinner and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry. And then they put more on their plate than they really need to actually eat. And therefore, they never understand, well, I, you know, I skipped lunch. So why am I like always gaining weight? And it's probably because they're actually eating close to, you know, a thousand, maybe twelve hundred calories at dinner without even really realizing it. And so you're actually overeating because you're eating such big meals and you don't see those snacks that you're eating, by the way, because you're not looking at the label on them. And noticing that you're probably actually getting the equivalent of what would be a lunch, you know, in snacks. So once again, it comes back to we kind of have to know every little bit that we're putting in our mouth to understand where are we at deficit maintenance or caloric surplus. So it starts to make sense when we look at it. But why? Why don't we do this? And this is where you do a really good job of being very self-aware. You're very self-aware as to what your triggers are. You're self-aware to like what works and what doesn't work for you. Because, I mean, we've been through counting macros. We've been through, okay, just eat intuitively. Like you tried intermittent fasting for a day. So, I mean, all of these things are actually really good. And I actually encourage people if they have a good understanding of how much they should be eating. And they've done this for a while. And their food is actually really healthy or or nutrient dense. I'm more of an 80-20 macro kind of guy. Like I think that's very sustainable. Very easy approach too because it gives you flexibility. But you're know, you really good about having tried these things to figure out what does kind of work best for me. What triggers me? I don't think enough people understand what triggers them when it comes to dieting. And that's a big issue too in our culture that we don't recognize because we just think, oh, I'll just try this diet. Okay, that didn't work. Let me try this diet. And so we're bouncing around, never figuring out what actually works for us because we have to try to put a structured box around what we're doing instead of actually saying, hi, I'm Kim. This is the diet that works best for me. This is how I program it. And it works. Why can't we all just say we have our own diet that works for us instead of having to say, oh, I'm doing keto. Oh, I'm doing intermittent fasting. I'm doing keto and intermittent fasting. Oh, and now I'm going to switch to paleo. Okay, now I'm going to do whole 30. Like, come on, guys. Like. Eventually, we have to just uh, say, hey, this is how I want to eat. This is how many calories I know I need to eat. Let's go there and figure it out there. I just it's so interesting to me because and we're falling down a rabbit hole right here for sure. Yeah, we're really good at that. It's we we really are. <laughs> it's so interesting to me because I did an episode where I talked about my whole journey through eating. And if you didn't listen to it, I talk about you, too, because I said you know, we started with this and then, or I started with like low carb, low sugar, and then I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And then I found you and then we moved to macros. And then, you know, I, I had like my little journey through macros and then I like, if it fits in my macros and then, you know, eventually I had to stop and just intuitively eat and really heal my food issues. Um, I went, yeah, I got an eating disorder therapist specifically, and I don't think, and this is something I didn't say on the episode because really I just talked about my journey through food, binge eating specifically, but I do a lot of other things. Like I eat in secret a lot and, and things like that. And I don't think a lot of people realize how disordered their eating is. Not at all. I, I really don't. I think because they think 
they're not because they're they're like i'm not bulimic i'm not anorexic i'm fine i don't think they realize what years and years of yo-yo dieting and then binging and then dieting and then binging and then dieting really does to them um and this is what i did for years and it really fucks you up mentally with food um and i had to do so many things to fix it and i don't think a lot of people are willing to do those things to really have a true healthy relationship with food i eat guilt free now 100 percent guilt free i do i never feel bad about what i eat ever and i wish everyone could feel that way like i i don't ever punish myself for food i don't put my i will never diet again in my life i will count if i'm trying to make sure i'm in a deficit to lose weight i will hit a point where i want to track my macros again and i think i'm close to being there but i don't ever rush yeah i mean i don't ever want to do this again where i'm like i'm cutting out carbs i'm i'm intermittent fasting I'm I'm keto. I just want to eat food. I want to yeah. eat when I'm hungry. I want to eat mostly what I what I want to eat. I want to not feel bad about it. It's, it's crazy it's a, what diet culture has done to us. Yeah, and and the worst part, the worst part of it is my industry is to blame. And, and it sucks to say that because it's it's people that understand how to fearmonger all of you that are listening. Yeah. into saying that you need to do this or you need to do that and this will work if you just do it my way if you just cut this out if you just take this away and we're doing too much subtraction and not enough addition and, and i yes. hope people really resonate with that because we are so programmed to subtract but what about adding like people think all the time oh i have to restrict i need to subtract but they don't actually think, what if I just added more water in every day? What if I added a 10-minute walk every day? What if I added one veggie now for two out of my three meals because I wasn't eating any vegetables or I wasn't getting enough greens in? What if I you know, added more protein? Protein. Add more protein, everybody, Y'all. please. Because um, you know, I see that nonstop. Like, I ask people, I'm like, hey, like, what, what proteins do you like to eat? Like, What can we add in the morning? Because... I honestly think breakfast is where most people fall short of actually getting enough protein in early in their day. Um, I think I was going to make a TikTok and and I'm going to try to make one here soon. Um, But, you know, about why eggs ruin your your morning. Right. And yes, I know eggs have an inflammatory property to them. And so some people don't actually need to be eating eggs. But, you know, I think people are so programmed for a long period of time to be like, Oh, well, I had two eggs. Like that was my protein source for breakfast. And it's only 12 grams of protein. Well, if I tell you to go hit now 100 grams of protein in your day and you only have 12 at breakfast, well, that means you have 88 more grams of protein to hit within your day. And for me, listen, I can knock out 88 grams of protein in a heartbeat. Like I have no problem with that. But for somebody else who's not used to eating, uh, you know, more than five ounces of a lean protein, that's going to be really hard for you to then hit 100 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. So you have to really understand like 
how you start your morning, I think, and this is funny that we're talking about intermittent fasting. So if you do want to intermittent fast, don't worry about this part. But for everybody else that maybe doesn't and you need to actually get more calories in, that's where we can go into the cons category of intermittent fasting and say, hey, like this is not going to work out for you because you can't even get enough protein in in eight hours. So we need to extend it. So maybe you do a 10 if you want to do intermittent fasting. Or maybe you do a 12 and 12 and that would work for you. So you have a later breakfast and you don't eat after eight o'clock. But, you know, the other myth that people get um, with intermittent fasting, which I hate is the whole they get scared into it because somebody told them a long time ago, oh, I can't eat after eight o'clock or else you store it as body fat. Like, listen, guys, there are enough. There's enough articles and reviews that you can go read that will tell you. <laughs> It does not matter when you take those calories in. <laughs> like if you eat after eight o'clock, you're fine. If yeah. you eat at 12 a.m. midnight, you're fine. Although I, I always do question this. Like, does that count towards like the current day or the next day? Like <laughs> that, that one, I, I, I still myself always ask. I'm like, where, where should I track this if it's midnight? D does it go into my next day? But aside from that, guys, like we, we just have to understand, like when we're talking about this, like intermittent fasting can definitely be a great tool for you. To me, it's a great tool for people that maybe, you know, struggle with um, eating late and they don't want to eat late per se. But then on the flip side, like we were just talking about, is that technically more of a disordered eating approach to why you want to use intermittent fasting? Or is it actually going to be a tool that helps you because you are somebody that needs to have uh, a box to check and say like, hey, like I just need to have this. To where I only eat from here to here, and that's how I can stay on track. Because so many people now are checklist type of people. Right. And I think, God, if I want to go down another rabbit hole, I mean, I think that's somewhat disordered, always having to have a box to check off. Like that, that's so OCD to me that you have to have a box to check off, or else you feel like a failure in your day. And well, and some of that some of that sorry might to interrupt from, you. Oh, no, you're good. How, some of how, how many people do we see not do well off of 75 hard because they don't have an app to check? I, I just I just had a conversation with a client uh, right before this. Um, I was on the phone with him and he completed 75 hard. He lost over 42 pounds. Like we had great results. And then he, he came back um, from being stationed overseas um, and he went basically on like a little two week. He still worked out like he still worked out. But he was like, you know, I just wanted to kind of eat American food again. Right. You know, like he went on a year about American food. So, you know, he went on a little two week. Hey, I just want to kind of eat all the stuff I've missed over the course of a year. And then he was like, but I feel so lost because, you know, I can't work out two days every day now being back in the States. Um, and, you know, I, I just need to kind of fill my time with stuff. So instead of being a nutrition coach and talking about the macros and like, hey, man, like you're eating like an asshole for two weeks. For me, this is where as a nutrition coach, I go, OK, cool, let's figure out what we can do so that way you don't have to have a box to check off that Andy Frisella told you to check off. Let's have your own. Um, I'm just going to name him Bob because uh, I don't like to use my client's name. So we're going to name him Bob. So I'm like, Bob, like we need to figure out your version of 75 hard inside of your new normal. And it needs to be what you want and what you're striving for. This is your personal goals. Like people oftentimes forget that 75 hard was just what Andy wanted to do for himself. That was his lifestyle that he wanted to live and he shared it. And now all of you want to do it yourselves because Andy is a very public figure. And I love Andy. Like guys, y'all see me rocking my first form stuff all the time. Okay. So like 
I, I love Andy too. So don't hate me for like saying this, but you know, guys, you're not fucking Andy Frisella. So quit trying to act like Andy. I, I love 75 hard. There's a lot of great benefits. And you and I have talked about this to exhaustion, but at the same time, if you can't come out of 75 hard with a new perspective and mentality for what's best for you and what you want to achieve, then it didn't work. Like, and you have to learn how to live the rest of your life up to your standards. You can't be living up to somebody else's standards. So what I'm really trying to tell you right now is if you're a box checker, which is fine, like I understand why people like it because it kind of keeps you goal oriented. That's fine. But make up your own rules. Know you can do and then have one that pushes you outside of your comfort zone. I, I told him, I said, hey, like, you know, you live somewhere cold now. Well, won't you still go outside even though it's cold and go for a walk in the mornings? I'm like, that can be your one thing that right now you're like, I, I don't want to go outside and walk because it's cold. I'm like, cool. That's your one hard thing that you need to do every day, right? Like if we're talking about mental toughness there, you're going to do a 15 minute walk every morning before you eat breakfast and do uh, drink your coffee. That's your one mentally challenging thing now, right? So we're still getting the mental challenge out of it. So guys, <laughs> so far off track from uh, intermittent we fasting. We are but so far off track, but that's okay. As, that's as always. okay. I always enjoy the rabbit holes. But what we're trying to make sure you understand it in, in the grand scheme of all of this is to make sure that, and, and this actually does pertain back to our intermittent fasting is you have to check the box that's going to move you forward and not what somebody else told you. So start mm -hmm. discovering what works for you and push forward that way. And if you can do that, you'll have a lot of autonomy and you'll get a lot further in life doing it your way, figuring out what works best for you, not always what works best for somebody else. And I, and I think that's where we as Americans and we as just humanity get so lost is we get lost in having to do what somebody else did because it worked for them. And instead of kind of taking a look in the mirror and saying like, what is going to work best for me long-term? I'm not saying you can't do some things short-term, but long-term you have to figure out what works best for you. So that's my, that's my rant. I'll you take know, a break. Um, I'm, I'm going to get into a downside of intermittent fasting in just a second, but um, I wanted to also add, because you said that your industry is, you know, a huge reason that diet culture is the way it is. I also want to add social media plays a huge part in why diet culture is the way it is. Um, yeah. We so frequently compare ourselves to every person that we see online that we think looks better than us by the way fit people struggle with body image issues too everyone struggles with body image everyone struggles with body image and you know what's interesting randomly i was on tiktok before we got on to record and i saw a very popular creator and I'm going to screw up her name, but it's like Zozo Rowe. She's super mm -hmm. popular. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? Yep. Okay. She posted a reply video to a comment of somebody telling her she needed to eat like 10 hamburgers or something like that. She's, it, it looks like according to her video, she's recovering from an eating disorder. Like we should not be saying things to people. We should not be telling people how to diet, what to eat nothing like i could do a whole episode on that itself it's so 
wrong for us to get into anyone's comments and tell them how they should be living. That's that. That's my rant on that. Yeah, social media plays a big part. Skinny people, fat people, everyone. We all struggle to love ourselves and feel good when we look in the mirror or get dressed. Um, I actually have a very body positive person coming on the show soon. So I'm really excited to talk about that because it's like a whole different thing that I'm kind of excited to dig into. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think we have to realize that at the end of the day, we're all fighting our own journey and what it looks like is going to look very different, which anybody that's come to work with me should should tell you, I hope that I've never pushed a certain diet on anybody. It's always been, we're going to ask and play 21 questions, if not 50 questions, and then we're going to dissect it and go from there. Because yeah. if you don't fix a lot of the things that you've been struggling with in the past, then me giving you a macro prescription is not going to do you any good mm-hmm. period. Honestly, it isn't. And and something I said on my episode about disordered eating was that my journey worked for me. Trying yeah. all these different things worked for me because I found lots of ways that didn't work for me. Sometimes you do have to figure out what doesn't work for you, though. Like, right. And I'm okay with like people that try stuff and it doesn't work. And, and you know, I talk about that all the time in my social media posts. But that's also the reason why I take the approach of we have to figure out what can work for you. And yeah, it's it's a puzzle piece. Like I like to also use the analogy. It's it's a little bit of mad science, right? I don't always have the answer right away. Sometimes we got to work towards it and figure it out. Like we didn't work right into intuitive eating for you because, you know, that didn't work right away because you weren't ready for that. You needed to kind of count macros and understand nutrition a little bit more in depth and see what had this many calories, what had that many calories. So that way, when you did want to approach, say, um, just intuitive eating, you had a good idea of how to eat and what was helpful and what wasn't. And that's where everybody's got to kind of get to, I think. Everybody should get to a point to where they have enough understanding and education behind it that then they can apply it. Or if you have the education then and you struggle with the application, well, that's a whole different discussion. Well, I think a lot of people, and this might trigger some people, I think a lot uh, of people like mindlessly diet. Mm-hmm. They pick a diet and they mindlessly diet and they measure their results by the scale. And it's ridiculous to me because here's the thing that number on the scale. So if you're intermittent fasting, if you're eating keto, if you're doing whatever you're doing, I am one of those people now that will say, I am not taking on a diet unless it's a way I'm going to eat for the rest of my life. Because I'm not going to go yo-yo diet, right? I want to just, this is the way I eat. And that number on the scale doesn't tell me anything. Okay. What, that I need to lose weight? I have much more important weight to lose than a number on a scale. Okay. Go lose the weight of other people's opinions and expectations. Go lose the weight of your past relationships, your past trauma, all your bullshit. Go lose all that weight. Because when you have a healthy relationship with yourself, then you will have a much healthier relationship with food and exercise and everything. Like, I'm not even kidding. So... It's so much more than just what you eat 
and going to the gym. It is so mental. It really, really is. It's why we say you have to cure the psychological before you can cure the physiological. You have to you have to fix what's up top first. If you don't fix what's up here in between the ears, then everything else below that is not really going to heal. It's going to always rear its ugly head back. You can shove it deep down and bury it somewhere for a long period of time, but it eventually will come back. Well, it goes back to like when I discussed addiction on my glass house episode. I didn't have a problem with food. I had problems and food was my solution. Yeah. And no amount of dieting and exercise was going to fix that. Not at all. So do the work, guys. I want to talk real quick about something I mentioned what much earlier before we got completely <laughs> lost track. I never know what to name my episodes with Tyler because I'm like, wait, we talked about this. We talked about this. We talked about this. Um, it should just be like Kim and Tyler start off talking about intermittent fasting and then go down like five different rabbit holes. Um, Rants with Kim and Ty. <laughs> I know. I mentioned um, the fact I call my son Ty. Does, do people call you Ty? I, I No, I don't really have any good nicknames. But if anybody wants to come up with one, like, shoot it over. We'll, we'll run with it. All right, all right. I so, was originally supposed to be Ty, though. So that, that's a story you? for another time. Yeah, I was, I was supposed to be named after Ty Cobb. But my mom okay. didn't like the way that Ty sounded, and they couldn't figure out another name, like a middle name. So they pushed Ty to the middle, added the L-E-R, and then my first name's Joel. So, you know. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Tyler right. is actually my middle name, and it was supposed to be Ty after Ty Cobb because that was my dad's favorite baseball player. So, okay. but right. nobody ever called me that. So unless it was like oh, Ty okay. Ty when I was little. Well, it's like, um, uh, yeah, Kimbo is my nickname, I guess. I don't know. I have one of those names. It was funny because I saw this post the other day from this guy named. It was. It's um. Shout out to Jimbo if he's listening. I don't know if he is. But he put up a post the other day that was like something about the name and and you have to decide if you're like James and you're refined or you're like Jimmy or you're whatever. And I was like, that's me. I'm like, am I Kimberly? Am I Kim? Am I Kimmy? Am I Kimbo? Like, there's so many different names. Okay. Earlier, I said that uh, sleep, like better sleep was a benefit. While I couldn't find anything that said it's a downside, I'm going to tell you why it is. I have a sleep coach and intermittent fasting increases the production of cortisol in your body. And for anyone who doesn't know what cortisol does, okay, that is like a stress hormone and too much of that absolutely affects your sleep. So if you have too much cortisol, it not only makes you feel on edge, but it threatens your sleep. It's because adrenaline and let's see if I can explain this. So um, adrenaline hormone. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to have my sleep coach on an episode. You guys, I sleep so good. Um, I can't wait for like Maddie and I are going to do an episode and he can tell you like, I'll, I'll say good night. And it's like that I'm asleep. Like, it's so crazy. I sleep so well now, um, or much better than I used to. I have no trouble falling asleep and it's because I really worked on my stress levels. I stopped working at a certain time 
Um, so I don't work like for two hours before I go to sleep. You know, I, I did a lot of things to reduce my stress because what was preventing me from sleeping was that my brain was so busy and I was so stressed over what all of the things I was thinking about that I couldn't calm my mind down to sleep. And I'd have to put on all of these sleep meditations and all of these like different things. And sometimes I still do that if there's like noise outside because I sleep pretty early. And so I'll kind of try and like cover the outside noise. But for the most part, I'm like dark room, silence, out like that. And it's because I have really tried to reduce my stress. And intermittent fasting significantly increases your cortisol. So I don't necessarily think that it that it has a positive effect on your sleep. Yeah. So that's my um, my thing. I have, I will have a sleep episode in the future. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I've, I've preached about that before. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, if it doesn't work for you, I mean, uh, again, this just comes back to people that don't recognize that they're chronically stressed and have typically a really high cortisol dump. Um, I don't think that fasting works very well because I tell a lot of people that, um, I would actually rather you carb up later in the day, uh, especially if you're going to train early in the morning. If you're an early morning workout person, you should always actually carb up later on into the night um, for for two reasons. One, um, you know, slower digesting carbs do help downregulate cortisol and then upregulate melatonin. And then two, uh, those carbs that you eat later on at night as you go to sleep will be the first thing that you burn when you work out early in the morning. So that's my little approach to people that struggle with sleep is to actually give them more carbs later on in the day um, and not have heavy carbs in the morning, um, have more of like fruits for carbs early in the morning and not something that's really heavy. So that would be my um, nutritional recommendation for people that have like a high cortisol, very high stress job, high stress lifestyle. Um, and just because you've gotten used to the stressors of your lifestyle doesn't mean that it's still not high. So you may, you, you may think you may think that because you can handle it, that you're not chronically stressed. But a lot of times it's just a coping mechanism that we figure out a way to live with that lifestyle. Um, and it's actually not very healthy for you in the long run to be chronically stressed. It leads to a lot of other issues. Um, and this is where, once again, like we can always go down so many different rabbit holes, uh, you know, chronically stressed people and like what that can lead to. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, if you're normally somebody that sleeps really well and then you did try intermittent fasting for a day and you felt like shit trying to sleep, then maybe that's not the way to go. Now I know there's going to be people on here that have done intermittent fasting and they'll be like, Oh, well, like once you get past like the first week and this, that, and the other, cause I did try, um, a year ago to intermittent fast for, um, a week. I made it five days and then I said, I don't like this. <laughs> I like to eat early in the morning. It just threw off my whole schedule. Like it, it didn't work for my schedule, to be honest. Um, I will say like once I got to like day four, when I intermittent fasted, um, like it wasn't as bad. Like my hunger cravings, like in the morning, like the first three days were terrible because I was somebody that was eating at like 630 every morning. So you had to kind of like work through that, like normal programming of your body because i will say like a lot of us when we first do intermittent fasting um this is to try to play devil's advocate a little bit and give like a full scope for everybody 
the first couple of days you intermittent fast, like your body, if you are somebody like me, that's so programmed to your routine, um, it does throw your body for a little bit of a loop. So you do have to kind of like let your body get readjusted um, right. to like the hunger signals that it'll give to you naturally. Because if you're like me, you know, I eat every morning between 6.30, 7 o'clock. You know, if I eat past that, typically I'm up. I'm, my body's like, yo, like, what the fuck, man? Like, why haven't we eaten yet? Like, we need to eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you kind of get an hour, hour and a half past that, usually your body will kind of like calm down with those uh, sensors, basically, that it's throwing at you of like, hey, we're starving. But, you know, by the time I was getting 12 o'clock, man, like, I didn't want to deal with anybody. I was like, man, I've got to eat. <laughs> um, it's 12 o'clock. I haven't eaten anything yet. So, um you, you just have to be patient with it if you are going to decide to try to do intermittent fasting that first week and you're programmed to eat super. I do have another thing that a lot of people who claim that why intermittent fasting works, which is this word called autophagy. Um, people love to, if you read the comment sections of people that intermittent fast, love to be like, well, yeah, it's because, you know, of autophagy. And I'm like, okay, no, first of all, like that is not why you lose weight while intermittent fasting It's because you put yourself in a caloric deficit. Um, you know, that word basically means to like self eat or like self clean, um, like old cells. And, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, like your body does that naturally. So like by intermittent fasting, it's not going to speed up the process. So if, if you need more research, like just go on PubMed, um, and you can see all the research for that. It doesn't actually speed it up. So this is so interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not, we're not here to tell you to fast or not fast or anything like that. I'm just, we're just I'm actually here. very neutral on, on intermittent fasting. So it's, <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Yeah. I mean, like I, it's not like, um, I, I think it's something that is like sustainable for the right person. Yeah. 100%. Like, I, I don't think it's not just like, I, you know, I'm, you know, I don't think keto is very sustainable. Uh, so like, I, I know for some people it is, so no one needs to get all. If, if we're going to talk about keto, go, go look at my last keto. reel that no. I just posted on Instagram. I, 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 oh, no, no, no. I, I, um, I liked it on TikTok. I think. Okay. Uh, okay. So that was a good you know, one. Yeah, it was a good one. So I think that um, like for the average person, um, keto is not very sustainable. I think for the average person, intermittent fasting is absolutely sustainable. Um, I just think that anyone who has very disordered eating, it's not good because you can't listen to your body. I also think anyone who has a history of yo-yo dieting where you diet and you kind of go off diet and you eat whatever you want and you gain all the weight back and things like that, um, which I would call binge. If you diet, binge, diet, binge, diet, binge, this will probably lend itself to bin- to binge eating for you, in my opinion. And in my therapist's opinion, I, uh, we've talked about it, but like, yeah, um, I mean, it's actually one of the cons to it. I mean, it, it's been written about multiple times that yeah. one of the cons of intermittent fasting is that it can create a binge eating disorder for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So again, this is just where we're trying to caution people on both sides of the coin of just like, hey, like, you have to know what type of personality you have. In the sense of like, if you are somebody that's already struggled, such as yourself with binge eating in the past, I don't think that intermittent fasting is going to be the right approach for you. I really don't. 
Um, but it's not to say that, you know, there's not an outlier out there or that it's not going to be able to work for other people. So again, like it's one of these things where you need to really dig in deep and understand who you are at your core and what you've struggled with in the past when figuring out what approach is the right approach for you. Right. Well, listen, you guys got to hear an episode full of things. Um, I also want to remind you, you heard an ad at the beginning of this for Tyler's community for strong and shredded and with a code to sign up uh, with, you know, him and his team for personal training and nutrition coaching. And I just want to mention that Tyler picked the code for that. And uh, so, you know, if you head over and reach out to him and mention the code Kim Possible, um, <laughs> he'll, he'll hook you up over there. Listen, I don't think there is, I, okay. I get friended by a lot of coaches. I get messaged by a lot of like nutrition and fitness people. What are your goals? What is your thing? It's all very salesy. Like, where are you at in your journey? Like all this. And you wanted me to be, I want to be like, here's my book on what I've been through. And honestly, I don't think a lot of coaches would be as open and empathetic, honestly, as you have been to like, not only my issues, but a lot of the people in my community. And yeah, yeah. so I just got to say that guys, I mean, I know I put up like a great ad and all that stuff, but I got to hype up like Tyler as a person. I think I'm, I'm one of those people, like I always respect people who like lead with, with empathy. And so you know, you'll get good people over there. So, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think empathy goes a long way with people because I feel like most people want to be heard. So you have to hear people first before you can actually help them. If you don't really know what you're hearing from them, then you're already behind the eight ball and trying to help them. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I just, I just saw a TikTok where I feel like every conversation I'm leading with that lately. I just saw a TikTok <laughs> where, but I find such great content. Um, I just saw it was with Mark Cuban and he was talking about empathy where um, someone asked him what his biggest mistake in business was. And you and I are both very like kind, empathetic people. And um, he said, um, I made a lot of mistakes, but, and I'm just paraphrasing, but like early on, I would say I made the mistake of not being very empathetic. You know, he said it, it matters more how I treat people than what I pay people. Yeah. And it took, it took me a long time to realize that. And I fully believe in that statement. I mean, I think both matter, but people will absolutely uh, stay and work harder for people who treat them well. So you know, when I get to a place where I can hire employees, if you want to work for me, I'd be very empathetic. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm work so I think that's all we got for today. Awesome. Thanks for listening yeah. to our rabbit hole. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be like IF and other <laughs> topics regarding diet culture. Uh, go check out Tyler's podcast, uh, Plus One Mentality. I will link it in the show notes as well as the link to his Facebook group. Um, his Instagram, his TikTok, go follow him all of the places and, you know, 
don't forget, I have a new podcast coming out. I'm really excited about it. So you can come visualize with me. I'm going to be doing guided visualizations every week. Uh, they will be 10 to 15 minutes. So if anyone's like phase one of live hard, um, or that's something you've carried on past that, which I have totally part of where I'm at today. Um, you can come check that out too. Um, that'll be live in a couple of weeks and I'm really excited about it. You'll be able to find it on YouTube as well. And yeah, that's all I got for you today. What's in the, the end? Meantime, get out there and grind. grind.